You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Women's Hope Podcast. I am here with my friend, Shelby Cullen. Hello. Good morning, Kim. How are you? It's a wonderful day. Yeah, it really is. Shelby, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Kim. I know. Can you believe that we're in a new year already? And 2023. It's crazy. When I was a kid and I thought about 2023, I kind of had the Jetsons in my mind. <laughs> I was about to say, I I feel like we're living in the era of the everything that the Jetsons did, we're almost, we have done. Well, when I was at the mall not too long ago, I see that they have a concept for a flying car already. So that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> I want the one that where you push the button and dinner comes out. Right. That's the one I want. I mean, I know we have like TV dinners and microwave, but yeah. I mean, this was like a little different than that, yeah. what they projected. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that would be pretty nice. Think of all the things we would do. We would, but we wouldn't have as much fun. That's cooking. right. Good meals. Speaking of which, <laughs> we got to celebrate Christmas mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And you cooked a New Mexican Christmas for us. I've been wanting to do that with you and David for a long time, near and dear to my heart. We so. we have that same uh, love for that same kind of Mexican food. Yeah. That you don't really get out here. No. I think it's kind of unique to New Mexico and even Texas, right? Yes. On the more Western side of Texas, mm-hmm. you see that blend. But New Mexican food and Tex-Mex are, are similar. Yeah. So I just want you to know that that was a cheat day. <laughs> and I save those cheat days and I don't, I'm pretty hard on myself. Yeah. I don't use those very freely. Okay. So that is a compliment <laughs> to your culinary you. skills and my love for you. <laughs> You're so sweet. I love that. So yeah. we'll have to post some pictures. Okay of our time together okay. and um, of Sopapias. Yes. And, and you know what you those are. Because you can't get those are. here. No, that's, that's just another unique um, thing that we New Mexicans have always grown up with. It's kind of a combination. It's, it's probably considered Mexican, but it's kind of a combination of Indian fry bread. You've probably had that before. Yes. But yeah. instead, it's not flat. It puffs up the way the dough's made, mm-hmm. right? And, and you put honey. And you put honey in it <laughs> and, and you eat and it sugar. like bread. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Man. Okay. Yeah. My stomach's going to growl during yeah. this episode now. <laughs> Just talking about. Thank you. Yes, Thank you you're for welcome. Being Our great such pleasure. A, such a good friend and loving on us in such a very practical way. So sweet times. All right. 2023. It's going to be a great year Mm -hmm. because we have a great God. Absolutely. Amen to that. And Shelby, I'm really excited about this two-part series that we are beginning the year with on joy. Hmm. We've spent three sessions last semester speaking on suffering. And so I just feel that this really works beautifully. Hmm. With, um, and especially when you look at uh, references of scripture uh, that tie into our joy in the Lord. And so I think that this is going to be really encouraging for our women and a great way to start the year, right? Absolutely. To just yes. really be focusing on our yes. joy yes. Who, that comes from God mm. and uh, who is unchanging. So... I have to say, though, this past Christmas season, I, I really kept seeing on like Christmas boxes, Christmas ornaments, uh, all these bags, the phrase joy to the world. Hmm. And it's just, I don't know why. And I that comes from Isaac Watts hymn, right? Joy to the world. But all of those things left off the most important part. Mm, that's right. Of where the joy comes from. 
And it says, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. And I just thought that was interesting how the world sometimes tries to kidnap, you know, things that are really meaningful and uh, point to the work of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and take them for their own. And so we want to take it back. There you go. We are going to take it back (laughs) with this two-part episode. And even though we are speaking about something that oftentimes we hear as Christmas messages, this is year-round. This is every single day of our lives, this joy that is rooted in something deeper than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really, really excited. Can you tell? <laughs> so, <laughs> but the Lord has come to a lost and fallen world to save it. And that is where our joy is found when he rescues a sinner from themselves. That is joy. That, that is, is complete joy. Yes. And if we took 20 minutes and just, say, watched television, we would see that the world really does find their joy in other things. And if we're not careful as followers of Christ, we can slip into that mentality, mm-hmm. right? And so you could scroll social media um, and you could find the focus of joy being anything and everything but Jesus Christ. And so what a great time for us to start the beginning of the year and making sure that our focus is going to be on him. And I want to give us a couple of examples. Oh, sure. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Uh, One example that the Bible talks about is revolving around our life in Christ. Okay. And it's Walking out in obedience, who we have been made to be as new creatures. And so God has made us. He saved us. We're new creatures in Christ, new creations. And so part of the outflow of that is joy, right? Mm-hmm. And we see that in Galatians 5, 22, 23. But I'm going to, I'm just going to read that. And I'm going to actually start at verse 19, because it's such a sharp contrast of what the deeds of the flesh look like, but what the fruit of the spirit looks like. Okay. Amen. Very, very familiar passage to our listeners, no doubt, but it shows where that joy comes from. So it says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you. Just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Mm -hmm. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So our joy comes from the Holy Spirit indwelling within us because of the work of Jesus Christ, Mm. right? This is not something that we manufacture on our own. It's not merely a feeling or an emotion It is a virtue that is associated with a set-apart life and a holy life. Mm. So uh, we just did that three-part discussion, like I said, Mm -hmm. right, on suffering. So I think another appropriate example, Shelby, of how joy is mentioned is that reference to our trials that we see in 1 Peter 6 through 9. Those believers were suffering. Yet Peter talks about receiving their inheritance with joy when Christ is revealed in the second coming. 
Do you know that my husband just taught from the same passage that is similar to this in Philippians 3 at the end, when it talks about um, our salvation of the of the Lord coming? And that's the second coming, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens in Philippians 4? It goes immediately into rejoicing, right? Rejoice oh, yes. in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea of our joy is a hope, a fixed settled notion that comes from the word of God that this is not our best life. The best (laughs) is yet to come. Praise God. Praise the Lord, (laughs) right? And Jesus is going to return and our joy will be made complete. Mm. It will be made complete. Mm -hmm. So I am so excited about this passage And I am really looking forward to us just breaking it apart, taking two sessions. We could probably even go further, Mm -hmm. but we just want to give you something to reflect upon as you start the new year. And maybe you're finding yourself as a believer uh, with your joy depleted. We will most likely find as believers, Shelby, when our joy is depleted, um, that we have misplaced, we have replaced or we have altogether forgotten the source of our hope in Christ Jesus and that it's not in our circumstances. Um, So I want to give you some heart-challenging questions, audience, um, for you to think about as you listen to us talk about joy. Where has your joy been lately? Are you finding joy as you commune with him? in his word? How about in prayer? Are you joyful in your prayer? Is it a joy that is focused upon your position in Christ? Or have you found that you're experiencing like so many circumstantial joy, that your joy is rooted in something that you desire that isn't best for you? Maybe a good thing, but you hope in it more than Christ. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're willing to sin to get it, or you sin if you don't get it. And so there you see that maybe your joy is rooted in circumstances and feelings more than the settled fact that Christ has done a work in your life, and the Holy Spirit is now residing in you, and the fruit of that is joy. So with that in mind, I want us to learn from a very dear passage mentioning a young woman in scripture that we need to embrace as well. And the praise that ought to flow from our hearts as a result. So ladies, I know a lot of you listen to us while you're in the middle of doing things, but if you can take your hands out of the dishwater or maybe out of the laundry pile for just a minute, grab your scripture, whether it's on your phone or your Bible, and open up and read Luke 1, 39 through 50 with Shelby and I. All right. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy 
is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So Shelby, uh, would you please give us a little background on Mary and how she viewed herself and her circumstances? Yes. Um, I love uh, just thinking about Mary because culturally speaking, um, she was a teenager. Yes. I remember teaching um, at your Christmas tea last year um, in 2021, actually, Mm -hmm. and studying that and being so blown away by the fact that she probably, I mean, was anywhere between 12 and 14 years old. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's really young. And it's remarkable um, considering how she spoke in the passage you just read, Mm -hmm. you know, was just filled with such maturity. Um, When I think of girls that age today... I think of girls um, who sometimes, and or more often than not, are tempted by their peers, by the culture around them, the culture around them, um, and always seemingly trying to, you know, just trying to fit in, mm-hmm. as it were. But in Mary's case, um, Luke is actually just helping us to recognize just her mature and exemplary character. I think that really shines through for a girl that is just so young. And even when you look back a couple of, uh, one verse from where you started, um, we even get a sense of just her maturity there. Um, You know, in that, in verse 38 of Luke 1, um, after he records the incredible promise that he made to Mary by the angel, that she would conceive a son through the Holy Spirit. She really responds with such maturity. Um, And it says in verse 38, um, her speaking, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And that that really is a first glimpse, I would say, into how Mary viewed herself. Mm. You know, how she... Um, you know, I, because what she's essentially saying there is that she's a slave of God, the, the word that she uses in the original language. And willingly, apparently, no matter the cost to do whatever the Lord requires of her, according to his word. And I think what's important to glean there is that Mary's great joy and amazement at learning that she soon would be the mother to the long-awaited Messiah, that fact alone actually overshadowed um, the disgrace and shame Mm. that she would most likely be facing in the culture in which she lived. You know, we've got to get out of our Western mindset, and you've kind of got to bring yourself into the times there, what she would be facing. Because back then, if you were pregnant out of wedlock, you know, in that culture, um, you were really risking public humiliation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, a possible divorce. And the reason why that would be is because mm-hmm. even though she's engaged or betrothed to Joseph, it was treated like a marriage. They lived in separate households. Mm-hmm. They hadn't been together yet, but to get out of that would be the same process as one would go through um, if they went through a divorce. And she would for sure be shunned by her community. Absolutely. You know, and but yet you don't see her really getting stuck there. She's actually has this attitude that's very humble and is and very joyful as she willingly submits to God's will. And actually, without question, kind mm-hmm. of in contrast to Zechariah mm-hmm. before her, she doesn't question the Lord. And I just think that that focus for somebody so young to, to just be submissive to God's will is, is really remarkable. But we don't want to overdo it. Right. Because... Other religions actually have elevated Mary, as we know, more than Scripture allows. Mm-hmm. But I think it's appropriate to at least marvel at Mar- Mary's obedience and her submission. In fact, um, because we have the just the ability to have the whole counsel of God, um, as I think about Mary's posture, I think that it illustrates what a disciple is like, um, as you consider later verses like Luke 9, verse 23, where Jesus is speaking, and he talks to his disciples about what what a disciple ought to be. If if they want to follow him, you know, what that would require. And in that case, uh, you know, we to be a Christ follower means you you count the cost. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have to be willing to deny self 
and pick up your cross and to follow God according to his word. And so I think Mary's at least exhibiting that kind of heart. Um, obviously, this is before Christ is even born. Um, but, you know, you just see this this expression or this desire of joyful submission. So we can learn from her that her focus was one of humility as she viewed herself as a slave of God. She took on the posture of a disciple. And um, as we kind of expand on uh, just what she's saying here, I think we'll also see that she was a true worshiper of the one true God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's just beautiful. But before we get to her response of worship, um, I think there's some really um, interesting, important things to notice in Luke 1, verse 39. The text actually says that uh, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country where she made haste mm-hmm. to go see Elizabeth, right? And that that action part of her hurrying to see Elizabeth and then even believing that there would be a fulfillment gives us more insight into Mary's focus and joy. You know, I think Luke is doing that on purpose. Um, and it really helps us to glean actually some truths for our own lives. Um, and so firstly... By hurrying to see Elizabeth, Luke isn't saying Mary was in a hurry to see Elizabeth because she was afraid of what would happen to her should the community find out that she's pregnant. Rather, he's kind of illustrating for you, the reader, it's sort of this eagerness on her part to respond to God in obedience. Mm. After the angel Gabriel told Mary that her relative Elizabeth would conceive a son in her old age. Isn't it interesting that Mary didn't delay? She actually hurried to Elizabeth's side, and she she lived far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it would have been a little bit of a trek to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so and even when she arrived to um, Elizabeth's home, she didn't come with a skeptical attitude, you know, like a doubting attitude. Um, she came more with an eager attitude to confirm what had been told to her by the angel back in, you know, verse 36, basically, that, again, Elizabeth would have this child in her old age. So just that eagerness, that eager obedience um, is just sticks out to me. It really does. It makes me ponder and think about that application to my own life. And then the second part of that is just her, her believing there would be a fulfillment um, which which uh, was confirmed in Elizabeth's response when you read that. But the reason why that's an example to me and why I think that's so amazing is it kind of confirms in my mind that Mary pondered and treasured God's word in her heart all her life, most right. of her life. I think that she's an example of that. Mm-hmm. I think you see that later when... Um, they were saying things about Jesus after he was born and she pondered mm-hmm. these things into her heart. I think she's just a person who memorized scripture, meditated on scripture back then. And because, you know, as I mentioned, Elizabeth's message uh, to Mary was prophetic and Mary knew that. Mm-hmm. And so with incredible focus and joy in her heart, she replies with worship in the Magnificat, you know, to God in her own response. And so, again, I I think it's appropriate to marvel at such amazing maturity from someone who is so young, who not only read God's word, but really believed it from the heart. And so Mm -hmm. she, to me, becomes an incredible example of that to all of us as Mm -hmm. I think about this new year, you know. Um, But as we kind of transition into the actual Magnificat, Mary's Hymn of Joy, maybe you can set the stage for us. what aspect does this part of the hymn actually focus upon? Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. And Mary's hymn is basically focusing on two aspects. And Mary's joyful boasting in God um, was because he had shown favor to her. And we see that in verses 46 through 50. And then also that uh, she was boasting in God because he was showing favor upon his people. Mm -hmm. So, and it wasn't just her, right? Yeah. So she had a good big picture, right? She understood what God was up to and she was rejoicing in that. So we're just going to look at this first aspect today, okay? 
the idea of boasting in God for his special favor upon her. Um, And we want to do that. And we want to, like you said, learn from her example, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We look at examples in scripture over and over of people of faith and and how they obeyed God and how they responded or even pondered the things that God is up to. And so we want to follow that example um, with Mary. And, And we, too, are a people who have been shown great favor. Absolutely. We have been given the Lord Jesus Christ, right? This is a beautiful gift. What favor we have been shown. But we want to learn from her example and not only understand that um, this boast and this praise of Mary's heart, but we want it to penetrate our own hearts for 2023 and always and always and always. <laughs> so let's let's look at her boasting a little bit. Um, in verse 46, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary's boasting here, her magnifying the Lord it means to exalt I'm an NASB 95 yeah. girl. That's <laughs> what my NASB that. says. Yeah, to exalt. And uh, it says exalt. The NIV says to glorify. And so basically it means to put the object of one's boast. In this case, we're talking about the Lord, right? In a state of honor or glory and to give it a high status. So we already see that she is magnifying and putting the Lord above whom? Herself. Herself. Mm-hmm. Herself. There's a lot to, there's a lot we could go on from this, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we did that episode already, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. So it's not about you. It's right? not about you. <laughs> so taking it a step further, Mary says that her soul is is what is magnifying the Lord, her Savior. This is from the depths of her inner being, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is not circumstantial, okay? This is coming from within. She realizes that the Lord is doing as he said he would do, and she's getting to be a part of it. Mm. Um, So we see Mary's inner person, the innermost recesses of her heart, which involves, right, we talk about this all the time. It's our mind. It's our emotions. It's that seed of our of our inner being, right? And as well as the physical existence. Every part of Mary was, is rejoicing in the work of the Lord. She is glorifying the Lord with everything that she is. She's worshiping with her heart, soul, and mind that this baby that is going to be born is her redeemer and savior. There's no co-redemptress no, idea here. I mean, th- you can't even get this out of this text. If this was the only text you had, you can't go there. Yeah. You cannot go there. Mm-hmm. But I digress. So her boasting, and you mentioned this, and this is really good. She is a woman of scripture. Mm-hmm. This 12 to 14 year old, this praise, this song of praise that she sings to the Lord is full of, of Old Testament reflection, right? And so one example of that would be Psalm 34 verses one through three. And it says, I will bless the Lord some of the time. <laughs> At all times, yeah. <laughs> At all times, <laughs> His praise shall sort of be in my mouth. (laughs) Continually. (laughs) Continually in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. If we're prideful, we won't hear this. Mm. We won't hear it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We see David in this psalm blessing God and giving praise to God for deliverance from his enemy. And he takes this occasion to boast or glory in, exalt the joy 
of God's grace towards him, and not just to him, but all the saints. So his boast, he doesn't give in himself. He doesn't boast in his army. He boasts in God. And he says that the only way to pass through this life with joy is to remain humble in the service and the fear of the Lord. Amen. So Mary is identifying herself as a part of this godly remnant that serves Yahweh in humble service and fear of God. Ladies, where are you today? Where is your heart? Is it filled with the desire to humbly serve your Lord and Master? Do you fear him with awe and wonder? She is calling God her Savior. This signifies that there is an intimate acquaintance with him. She's praising God for what he is about to do and that she's privileged to be a part. Ladies, do you see that you're privileged to be a part in what God is doing? as he uses you to make his name great. What an opportunity. So I asked earlier, what is your focus and joy in lately? As you think about a new year and we make these resolutions, right? (laughs) What are you focusing on? Has it been your accomplishments? Or maybe is it your great job? Um, Is it your ministry? Is it your children or maybe your spouse? Or has it been the one true God who is the eternal God, who is our home in which we live and move and have our being? That is who we rejoice in. Anything good. I was telling a lady just the other night. She was pointing out some things that I had said in a a discussion that I was having with a group of women. I said, anything good came from the work of Jesus Christ in my life. I cannot boast in myself. And if we're not careful, it's really easy to pat ourselves on the back, right? Mm-hmm. And I we want to so. mm-hmm. be careful about that. So ladies, have you been spending time in God's word and looking at his excellencies mm-hmm. as you read his word and seeing who he is? Have you been meditating upon his precepts like we see in Psalm 119? Um, If not, can I encourage you? This is a new year. Get with the program, (laughs) right? Spend time in the word consistently. It's that chewing of the cud that is that meditating, right? Mm -hmm. I lived in Kansas long enough. I know what that is. (laughs) And it's an interesting picture of, of that idea of meditating, but it's that you think on it, you meditate on the truths of scripture, and then you meditate on it some more. Mm. And you keep meditating and chewing upon it more and more and more. You digest it, and then you meditate on it more. You digest it again and again. A cow has six stomachs. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I think it's six. Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they're digesting, bringing these things up and digesting again. We need to be like that. We need to be like that. Now, don't get me wrong. We do find joy in accomplishments, in ministry, in families. But we remember those things come from the hand of our sovereign God, our Lord, our master. We are slaves that are being blessed by God. Mm -hmm. So that is a wonderful thing. So we want to respond with thankfulness But our joyful boast and our exaltation, what we glory in and what we place as high is not in ourselves, but should be in our Lord, who is our creator, who made us. We did not make him. And he is the one who rules the heavens and the earth. So that's what Mary is modeling for us, Shelby. And her hymn is just praise and boast to God. There may have been a little bit of fear in it. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think so. But she knew where to turn. She knew who to turn to, her Lord 
and her Savior. Her response is going to help us to understand that true joy comes from Him and it indwells our innermost being. So the key to Mary's joy is her focus that is not upon self, but it's upon God and who He is and His Word. So, friend, (laughs) as we are just sitting here rejoicing in our wonderful God, Mm-hmm. Tell us what else we can glean from Mary's hymn of praise to help us reset our minds for the new year. Yeah. Um, you know, she goes on to say in verse 47 that her spirit, which is just another, it's just like a synonym mm-hmm. for soul, mm-hmm. rejoices in God, her Savior. So again, you know, just like you said, it's not getting, it's not about getting attention for herself. But her boasting in God, or rather her boasting is in God um, so that others will take note of what he has done in her life. So she's just trying to put him on display. You know, she's just so overjoyed at what is happening. And I love doing word studies. um, And so I know that uh, the word that she uses for rejoice really just means to be filled with delight. Mm. That's a beautiful word. And, of course, the object of her delight was just this realization that the long-awaited Messiah has come. This is the one who was prophesied about in the Old Testament um, that she would have been familiar with all her life. You know, she was ready um, and she believed that the long-awaited Messiah was the Redeemer and Savior of God's chosen ones, which now was being fulfilled in her lifetime. Can you imagine mm. what she must have been thinking? That's just incredible to just ponder what Mary must have been thinking in her mind. And I think her response is akin to another Old Testament passage. Um, I was thinking of like Isaiah 45, verse 21, where the Lord says, Declare and present your case. Let him take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? Mm-hmm. And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Um, and in that passage, really what the Lord is doing, he's just contrasting idols with himself and the fact that idols just cannot save people. <laughs> they cannot save, but Yahweh can, mm-hmm. the Lord can. In fact, he is the only Savior, and there's just none beside him. And so, like Mary, we ought to take great delight in that fact. But we can also take great delight or joy in just knowing that as believers, we're already citizens mm-hmm. of heaven. Amen. We're kind of in the already but not yet stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we look forward to Christ's second coming. So in other words, the story doesn't end with Jesus lying in a manger, or even Jesus hanging on the cross, being resurrected, even ascending into heaven. There's actually still more to come. We need to be excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are familiar with the book of Revelation, um, we read about Jesus coming back as a warrior king. That's exciting, and that's the final chapter. But should the Lord tarry, we as believers, this side of heaven, we are to continue to take great joy and delight in seeking his kingdom, Jesus talks about that um, in Luke 12, seeking his kingdom as we stay dressed and ready for action, keeping our lamps burning, just to kind of borrow from the text, Mm -hmm. and being like women who wait for our master to come home from from the wedding feast so that we might open the door when he knocks. So, I mean, that's what it was making me think about, and it's really another key, I think, to Mary's joy, that she was ready for Messiah's arrival the first time when he came as a babe. So it kind of begs the question, are we ready for Christ's second coming? Amen. Do we think about that much? I mean, really pondering, is that really our focus? Do we pray in the way um, Jesus spoke about, you know, Lord, come quickly, right? You know, do we ponder his return? And in Mary's case, I, I just think she was ready because she had been treasuring up God's word in her heart. And she was pondering the great hope of his first advent. Mm-hmm. Her whole life. Mm-hmm. And when the time come came, she just she didn't doubt. She didn't doubt. I think that's pretty clear in the text, too, is you don't see doubting. Mm. Like you said, there might have been a little fear, and I think that's normal. But she didn't doubt. But what do, you, what, do we, what are we to do the moment fear 
when that thought that could turn into just a spiral, right? I think so. I think you fight fear with fear of God. And I think you choose to believe. Absolutely. Faith. Yeah, faith. And, and And it really is a singular faith. I think that's true. When you look at her life or her response here, you see the singular faith. Mm. She really did believe. And she would soon give birth to this tiny babe whom the angel said is a savior who is Christ the Lord. Mm. I mean, amen. It's incredible. So Mary's joyful boast in the Lord was one of great exaltation, and it was one of great praise. But I think it was also one that emulates um, humility and I think as we go along in the text, maybe you can expand on what she says in verse 48. Sure. Happy to do that. Yeah, it says in verse 48, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things and his mercy is for those who fear him. So once again, we're taken uh, to this young mind being so saturated with the word of God and having this high view of God. And we see Mary referring to herself as a servant or a slave, right? And I I just want to give a little plug for MacArthur's book, (laughs) Slave. Oh, it's a great book. That is the easy. I couldn't put that book down. And it's a very, very easy read. I would highly recommend if you want to continue this theme of of, of joy, get online and order that book. Mm-hmm. I think it goes great with this. Anyway, so there's my plug for that. But this word translated slave um, is someone who is owned by another mm. for their service. So that right there says volumes about Mary's understanding of herself and of her Lord. So she clearly recognizes herself in a lowliness of condition. And in this context, Mary may be describing her status, which she has been compared to the standards of the world. Mary was poor, Right. Yeah. Um. We don't see Mary wearing like you know we see in a lot of the nativity scenes. You know, purple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. That's true. Because why? Because why? Well, because she. <laughs> it was a. It's a royal. It's a yeah, color it's of a royalty, royalty yeah. and it was expensive. Mm-hmm. That's true. She was poor. Yeah. She was poor. So, um, the Christ child that she carried in her womb would soon share this low estate as he was going to be born god born in a manger to poor insignificant parents by the world's standards we're seeing philippians 2 right we're seeing philippians 2 be played out here Mm. mary is an example of one who is boasting in the lord by stating that he is the one who looked down on her despite of her lowliness of condition, with loving care. Mm. What a loving God. What a Savior. She is acknowledging that God knows everything about her, including that she economically, socially, is a poor person. Mm -hmm. And despite this, she recognizes that God is the one that has placed her in a state of blessing. Ladies, God sees, Mm. God knows, and we can bless him knowing Mm. that. And she knows that she did nothing to earn or deserve this, okay? That's crucial. Rather, she is acknowledging almighty God caused this to happen with his mighty arm. Mm. She's not a co-redemptress, as some religions falsely hope in, this is key to Mary's focus of joy. She considered herself blessed, not because she had any worth in herself or any 
uh, self-righteousness, mm-hmm. self-holiness, right. if that's a word. Can we, can we coin that? Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> um, there was no holiness on her part. Remember, she knows she's a slave. She considers herself blessed because she is carrying the Savior of the world, the Lord of the world, who is going to redeem those who believe in him in faith. So Shelby, we have learned that Mary's joyful boasting has been in God, been in the word that she knows. Mm-hmm. She is able during this unique situation that no one else has ever experienced. That's true. To call upon the word of the Lord mm. and rejoice. She is blessed because she sees that she is owned by another. She is not her own. She is owned by God. And for that last part of her hymn, we find that her boast and praise in God for his attributes. So wrap it up for us, girl. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely in verses 49 to 50, uh, we see Mary as an example of one who makes God the only boast of her heart. Mm-hmm. And it really does manifest praise for who he is. I mean, she is just singularly focused, you know. She says, um, you had read 49 already, but she says that he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So I love how she begins by praising God for being um, mighty. And, and that is just a title for God that literally means that he is the one who is able or the one who is capable of doing anything. She's acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. He is the strength of her heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mighty. And it, it actually parallels um, lots of different verses in the Old Testament, but it made me think of Psalm 71, verse 19, which says, Your righteousness, O God, is very high. You've mm-hmm. done great things. And like the psalmist, you can tell here that Mary, she doesn't take any credit for anything good in herself. <laughs> Rather, she points to God as mighty and the one who has done great things for her. And I think in her context, the great things she's referring to may be simply just this this incredible virginal conception of Christ. I mean, that's pretty amazing because you have to ponder how in the world. There's a lot of great birds that stories out there, a lot of great stories about people having a lot of, you know, I think of the one woman that had nine children or whatever, but nothing compares to this. Right. Nothing compares Absolutely. to this. So she she understands that. And she also understands and acknowledges that the Lord is holy. So in essence, she's she's praising God for his moral perfection Amen. and his acts of righteousness and his justice. And what's remarkable about her hymn, actually, is it's so similar to how Hannah prayed in First mm-hmm. Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular here... In part of Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 2, 2, she says that there is none holy like the Lord. You know, so Mary seems to be uh, reflecting on that. Um, Or what the psalmist says, uh, which is holy and awesome is his name. You see a lot of that, you know, Mm -hmm. in the Psalms. And Mm -hmm. so that's just really precious. Um, She also praises God for his mercy. Um, So she's acknowledging that he is the only one who faithfully keeps his promises and maintains his covenant relationship with his chosen people, despite their unworthiness and unfruitfulness. Because we think about the just the whole <laughs> nation of Israel and and how they were, their unfaithfulness. Yeah, I'm in Hosea right now in my yeah, reading. Yeah, kind of blows your mind, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blows your mind. But how, how we are so one, one decision away, we're just so like them in so many ways. Amen. And that even closely parallels just Psalm 103, verse 17, which talks about the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him. That's just a picture of mercy. So I think another key that we can apply uh, to uh, another key to Mary's focus and joy, it's kind of wrapped up in her high view of who God is. I think when we struggle, we have to stop 
and really ask our hearts where we're deficient in our view of God. That's really crucial, I think, to our own walk in Christ, don't you think? Oh, you're, yeah. you're, yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. I, yeah, I say that all the time. Yeah, me too. And you and I are counselors. We see that. It's mm-hmm. just a real um, common theme for people that are struggling. And so we all need to take the time this year to nurture a high view of God from his word, because that will help us to navigate even the hardest trials. And we may even be able to, by the Lord's grace, to count it all joy, because Mm -hmm. James doesn't say if you face trial, he's like, it's more like when, right? Yes. (laughs) So those are inevitable. But anyway, that's just a little bit on Mary's focus and joy for us to consider um, in the 2023 year. Um, but what about, we have to also think about our own responses. You know, we, we took the time to look at Mary's, mm-hmm. but what about our own? You know, that's something that we need to think through. What what would be some principles that we can now glean um, from the passage that we just read together and begin to apply that practically to our own life in the day-to-day? Because we want to be able to reset our own focus and joy for the new year and really experience fullness of joy, Mm -hmm. not circumstantial joy, but fullness of joy, which only of course comes from the Lord. Um, And so um, because that will take some time to invest and we of course are looking forward to that, we decided to table that to our next episode (laughs) where we plan on focusing more on the practical Mm-hmm. We wanted to get through the theological because you mm-hmm. want to understand things in context and mm-hmm. just, you know, what things are meaning. But we want to invite our audience to join us in a couple of weeks when we will think through our own responses of great joy. But before we leave uh, today's episode, we want to give a huge thank you to Team U for producing and hosting the Women's Hope podcast. We're looking forward to another great year of bringing episodes your way that challenge your thinking, that give you biblical focus. And of course, we pray great hope. If this is the first time you're tuning in, we want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast, which typically drops two times a month. But if you would like to find all of our episodes uh, to date, you can find them at masters.edu backslash women's hope. That's masters.edu backslash women's hope. But you can also subscribe, of course, to Women's Hope Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and find us on the Masters University YouTube channel, as well as the Bar Network. Well, once again, we're so thankful that you've joined us, and we want to wish you a very blessed new year. Thank you for listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University. For more resources and episodes, visit masters.edu slash women's hope. For more information on the Masters University, visit masters.edu. We'll see you next time.